0: Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Last week, Danny talked about forgive one another. And today, encourage one another how many of you have ever been on the highway we call the 429 (laughs) okay see a lot of hands some of you that are streaming we're so glad you're apart you may not be from this area you may not know the 429 is one of the longest parking lots we have Um, it's (laughs) at five o'clock especially if you're going west Um, it can be a nightmare but it's actually a way to get around the west side of our city the 429 the next time you're on it or the next time you see an exit i want you to think i need to be on the 429 ephesians 429 it is a verse i wish we could tattoo to our heart because it's a verse that talks about encouraging one another and stop destroying one another with words Okay, so I want you to turn there. If you've got a device, you go to it. It'll be on the screen for you. I'm going to read it from the the text. And this is just one of those that uh, I'm telling you, I got a plan for us for the next week. And we're just going to see if it works. All right, the 429. Next time you're sitting in traffic on the 429, you're going to be thinking this, okay? Rather than using those words about somebody you don't need to use, okay? You're going to be thinking this. The 429 says this, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Okay, you got it? The 429, we're going to say it again in a moment. So the question I have for you, do you have a problem with your mouth? Okay, I know the first thing people think when they read that is, oh, I'm not supposed to cuss. I wish it was that simple. It's not that simple. You follow me? My number one reason I've had to apologize to more people is because of my mouth. I I have, ever since I was a kid, I mean, you, you could see my report card in elementary school. There would be something written on there like he talks too much. He has a smart mouth or whatever, you know. I've been called a lot of names. And it's because I always thought I could fix things with my mouth, okay? But i got to tell you, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I live like this. I can still say it. You just can't hear it. But that doesn't do me any good. You know why? Because it's in here. Yesterday, I'd be, you, I know you're going to be proud of me. So I went and I, I, had, I got my truck washed and I was going to run to Bass Pro and kind of in a hurry, as usual. I know a shortcut. You can go from where the car wash was and cut through Universal. Okay, cut through Universal and come out and be over at Bass Pro. So I'm doing my little shortcut. Rachel, by the way, hates my shortcuts. Uh, I'm going through, and I'm on the phone with a pastor up in Tennessee. And all of a sudden, for some reason, I'm like, man, how come there's so many people going to Bass Pro today? I've never seen this much traffic. And then I realize, oh, my goodness, we got like 10 lanes. And what am I going through? A SunPass thing? Why are all those stations up there? Some of you already figured it out. I'm going to Universal. And I'm sitting in the biggest traffic. Jam. I'm telling you, it was huge. And I can't back up. There's nothing I can do. Okay, so who who am I going to criticize for that? I was sitting there thinking, man, I, if I could say something to somebody, and, and, then, and then I had this thought, you're the idiot. There's nobody to say anything to. You missed a turn. So the, the, the girl, when I got up to the thing, whatever you call it, when I got up to it, I looked her and I said, ma'am, I'm an idiot. I live here, and I really wasn't coming to the park today. So can I get out of here, you know, without a lot of trouble? And she kind of laughed. She said, yeah, I'll help you. And then she said this, here's your sign. She said it, here's your sign. If you know Bill Engvall, you know that. Here's your sign. And she puts this thing on my windshield wiper. And she said, that'll let them know you're getting out of here. And I was just thinking to myself, I know she wrote the word idiot on the other side of that sign. And sure enough, I had to fight all the way across all the lanes in there. It was a nightmare. So here's, here's the thing. When we think something, do you have to say it? Do you have to say it? Now, don't look at somebody, okay? You don't have to say what's on your mind. Okay, I want to change what's on your mind. I want to change what's on my mind. But when it's still on your mind, you don't have to say it. And by the way, if you think you must say it because people care about what you think, they don't really care about what you think. So don't worry about saying it, okay? Just be quiet. As the proverb said, it's, rather, it's better to be silent and be thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubts. Okay? Did you realize that what you're about to say may be wrong? You may be dead wrong. Does it glorify God? Does it help anybody other than you? Most of the time we open our mouth, it's about us. And did you ever realize that where you say it and how you say it and when, I might add, makes all the difference? For example, social media. We absolutely are indebted to the social media platforms because they allow us to preach the gospel and share the gospel every weekend. And I'm so thankful for that. And we will use every platform that's available to us to get the gospel and the word of life out. But here's what happens with social media. You think that social media gives you a, your voice, this far reaching effect when in essence, it sometimes distorts your voice. Because what you write, they don't hear it the way you wrote it. It actually magnifies your words, but it diminishes them at the same time. It it makes us think we're hyper-connected, but at the same time we're misconnected. It brings us together, but yet at the same time it makes us feel more alone. And so sometimes picking the right place and the right time If there's something we must say, you realize that sometimes it's just not a good time to say anything. And sometimes it's not the right place to say it. And I can tell you how I know if I'm just speaking because it's on my mind is I will pick the worst places to say it. And what that means is, well, if I don't say it, I'm going to forget it. Am I right? You're going to forget it. So I got to say it now. No, you don't. There might be another way. Why is it important to remember all of these things? Two reasons. The power of your words and the source of your words. The power of your words. Think about this. We live in a world created by words. God spoke, let there be light maybe a great time for thunder right now if we can get it let there be light and you know what happened there was light Do you realize God spoke into existence words are incredibly powerful and that's exactly what Paul is saying now go back to the text he's not saying don't cuss I grew up thinking that well it just means you're not supposed to use God's name in vain well, that's right. You're not supposed to use God's name in vain, but that's not what that verse is saying. That verse is saying, don't intend your words to hurt. He's not telling you what you can say and what you can say. He's telling you, ask the question, why are you saying that? Because you know what? You can hurt somebody and use nice words. Now, I'm not talking about speaking the truth in love. We, we know there's a time and a place to speak the truth. But we speak it in love. And the intent of that truth is not to hurt, but it's to build up. I heard about a family and they were flying somewhere since flights are back and we're trying to travel a little bit in the country, and <laughs> they were at the curbside check-in. And there was this guy giving a sky cap fit. And it was just nonsense. It was going on and on and finally he got whatever he needed. And they stepped up and they looked at this guy Captain, and said, we just got to tell you, you're amazing. You put up with that and you never said anything. You never did anything. You were so gracious. We just have to tell you, we admire you and thank you for the way you handle it. <laughs> he goes, yeah, but I probably need to tell you, you know, that man's going to Miami, but his bags are going to Cleveland. So <laughs> there's, there's always a way. There's always a way to get somebody, even though you don't use a bad word, right? Well, let me me show you what the word is. Go back to the text, Ephesians chapter 4. It says, let no corrupting talk. The word corrupting is literally the word for rotten fruit. Rotten fruit. In case you're having trouble visualizing that, let me show you some rotten fruit. Look at these oranges. Okay? Now, when you are trying to hurt someone, your words look like that. Even though they may be nice words, but the intent is to hurt somebody, that's what your words look like. And he says, don't let your words be like that. And the reason is, is because you need to understand, and I need to understand today. My words have incredible power, they are power to destroy. And their power to bless. They are power to curse. And their power to build up. So think about it. James, when James writes in the New Testament, this is the brother, by the way, the half-brother of our Lord. When he writes, he spends almost a chapter talking about the tongue. Evidently in the early church, which that's very early, they were having trouble with what people were saying. He compares the tongue and he compares our speech to these metaphors. Number one, it's like a devastating fire. A devastating fire. I don't know if you've ever seen a fire that's out of control or certainly if you've ever had an incredible nightmare of losing a home to fire or maybe out west and seeing just incredible devastation of fire. What is so strange is those fires started with one little spark. It's as if James was living today and he knew exactly how that works. Did you know you can say one thing and start a fire you can't stop? Even arsonists are, are just somehow caught up in this thing of, of starting fires. You realize they're a verbal arsonist. You know the commenters on social media? You know the bloggers? They're great at it. And they give us verbal drive-bys where you don't know who they are. And they hide behind a screen, they hide behind a device, and they say the most ungodly things, and there's no accountability. And they don't realize that their tongue and their words that they have written are destroying families and lives. He also says it's, it's like a terrible stain, a polluting stain, he calls it. I mean, we've all seen it. You've seen the commercial where the guy has a stain on his shirt and the stain starts talking. And you go out and you're at a business meeting or at work and you've got a stain somewhere. You're like, oh, gosh. And all day long it just talks. (laughs) Words can do that. Because somehow, just like a stain is hard to get rid of, it's hard to forget what you heard. And it's hard to forget what you said. Because that person that you said it to, they sure don't forget it. It stained them. And then James says it's like a a, a poison. It kills. Words kill. Now, people don't fall over immediately. But they begin to die on the inside. And they lose self-image, and they become insecure, and they go through incredible pain. And it all started with simply that word. So here's a saying we all grew up with. If you can't say anything good about somebody, then... How is it we know that? (laughs) The sticks and stones, we know that one. We know this one. And yet, it's so hard to live it. We just go ahead. Do you realize one thing you say at work can cost you your job? One thing you say. You realize you can have a great evening at home, a perfect evening. I mean, you're going to watch a movie, and, man, all, everything's great. And then you open your mouth and say one thing, and the whole evening is destroyed. You know, you can post one thing, whatever particular platform you choose to post it, and you can break lifelong relationships over one thing that you said. You can have an incredible marriage and one text opens the door for an affair and sends all the wrong messages. And one thing that you say can be a pain that somebody has to live with for the rest of their days. The power of our words to destroy. But in the same way, there's a power to bless. In the same way, this text says, build up. <laughs> Only such is good for building up as it fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Building up. I mean, what? it's a picture that your words can actually build somebody up. It's, it's just a beautiful word that means that. It means to build up. And you know, Hebrews chapter 10, 25, that's that's the verse where the writer of Hebrews says that we should be together. We need to be connected, whether it's in person or virtual. I don't think he's distinguishing that. I'm not sure they had the internet at the time Hebrews 10, 25 was written. Um, Pretty sure they didn't. But I think what he's saying is we need to be connected. Why? You know what the number one reason is? When you read that verse, we should not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. You know why? because we need to encourage one another. I double-dog dare you, read that verse. And next time you show up at a meeting, next time you get online, next time you're a part of the body of Christ in whatever manifestation it is, got to ask yourself the question, am I here to encourage? Because that's why we ought to be together. And I can't tell you, I mean, I'm looking at you and I look out in this room and I can see so many stories. I see so many people. You don't have any idea how you've encouraged me or maybe you've encouraged somebody else. Just your presence. I mean, Myron, I don't know. Is Myron in the room with the video? My, he may be working. He may be in the back. Let me tell you, that, that video, did not not bless your heart? And I've been with Myron. I've, I've visited with him. He just inspires me. That's what words can do and even sometimes just your presence can do. Because your presence speaks volumes. So we can build one another up. We encourage, and actually the word grace in this text literally means a gift. I think it means your your words can be a gift to someone. Somebody did this. Somebody took the internet and took all the different platforms and did an analysis of what we say. And here's what they concluded. 95% of what you say on any platform, no matter what it is, 95% is about you. It's not for somebody else. Oh, it's to let them know how well you're doing and how great you are and how wonderful you are, all that. But he said 95% is driven by you. I think gifts are intended for somebody else, don't you? Our words should be a gift to someone. Our words should be something that we can do for them. So consider this, as Andy Stanley says, you can either make a point or you can make a difference. You can make a point or you can make a difference. And I just want us to make a difference. The Bible says words are like honey. This is a proverb, one of my favorite proverbs. Gracious words are like honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. You have no idea what your words during my surgeries, what they meant. I mean, it was like healing when I read emails and cards and, and I got to come back and I saw you and you blessed me and you encouraged me. So let me show you. This is what our words can be. This is the honey bear. This is my favorite bear. Because I know what's in this one. Man, I, I mean, I don't know. How many really like honey? You just love honey. It's Isn't it wonderful? I mean, it's just a great creation. God did a great thing when he gave us honey. And I I want my words to be like honey. That's exactly what the proverb says. Or my words are going to be like this. You know which one it's going to be? Are your words going to be sweet like honey? Or rotten? I can tell you how you know. How's your heart? The source of our words. For every one of us is the same thing. It's your heart. Before you ever say it, it came from your heart. In fact, the Bible, several places in the New Testament, it just simply says that. You speak what's in your heart. James says, how is it that sweet water and bitter water comes out of the same well? That doesn't work. That doesn't happen. How does a grapevine produce figs? It doesn't. You will produce what you are inside. So if your heart's not right, your words aren't going to be right. And Jesus said to the Pharisees, either make the tree good and its fruit or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a tree is known by its fruit. In other words, you're one or the other. And if you're a bad tree, you're not going to produce good fruit. You brood of vipers, he says, for out of the abundance of the heart, The mouth speaks. Think about that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You're driving along and somebody cuts you off and all of a sudden you call them a name and you go, oh gosh, where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. (laughs) It came from right there. It's in your heart. And it's always a lesson to me to to show me that I'm not as close to Jesus as I thought I was. I got a little work to do. So out of the abundance of the heart, and then Jesus goes on to say this and really mess up all of us. I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you'll be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. Lord, help us because we know a day of reckoning is coming. So what do we do today? Let's get our heart right. Let's get the heart right. If I want my words like this, I'm going to get the heart right. And so I just never trust my tongue when my heart's bitter. I know that. Because I know if my heart's bitter, it's not not going to be good coming out. So if I can get my heart right, then my words will be right. Run everything by Jesus. Run everything by Jesus. There's a little verse, and Paul wrote it in 2 Corinthians. I just love this. Take every thought captive to obey Christ. You know what that means? Grab that thought. Don't let that thought run around and come out of your mouth before you have taken it captive. And then give it to Jesus, to obey Jesus. That's why those thoughts running around our head, we have to take captive and say, Jesus, I got to give you this. You can only react once, but you can respond later. We have a staff member who said he was taught, there was a lady, a teacher that used to say, you're a quiet time away from a good response. (laughs) What does that mean? I need a little time with Jesus on this one. I need a little time to pray about this one. And then your response is gonna be so much better. And you know what? When we live this way, we speak words of life, not blessing. I mean, not hurt, not harm, not death. We speak blessings, not curses. And I want to tell you the difference that makes is unbelievable. I have a file. It's called the encouragement file. And basically, when you write a note or whoever writes a note to me or an email or whatever it is, and it, and it really touches me, I will pull that and I'll put it in this file. And I mean, it's huge. I I couldn't bring it up. It's a big file. And you say, well, why would you do that? I'll tell you why you do that. There's going to be a day you're going to need to look at that file. Because there's going to be a day you got beat up everywhere you went. There's going to be a day you feel like a dog. I mean, everybody has complained and there's something wrong and they've criticized and you just feel absolutely worthless. Open that file and read words that are like honey. And you know what it does? Makes you smile. I brought, I didn't bring my file in here, but I opened it this week and I got to going through things. I'm like, oh my goodness, how could I ever be frustrated when you get to read stuff like this? I read, I read a note, an email that got it in 2015. And it was a lady explaining her dad has Alzheimer's and and he's in his last days. and, And he's gotten to where he's not responsive to anything. But they leave the TV on, but he can't focus. But then she wrote, when he hears your voice, he sits up in bed and he gets to the edge of the bed. And as soon as you start talking, he lifts his hands. And she said, now, David, I know he doesn't understand everything maybe you're saying, but his spirit is saying, I'm with you and I love you. Let me tell you, you think that did something for me? I'm like, my goodness, what an encouragement it was. Here's one. (laughs) This girl, y'all remember offering envelopes? Anybody remember back in the day (laughs) when we had offering envelopes? She took an offering envelope and she wrote, instead of her name, she wrote a girl who just wants to be heard. When you open it up, I'll read it. I don't have any money, but I have my heart and it's because of God and you guys, this church has helped me learn who I am and a little of why God has put me on this earth. I began to realize that it's not really about the money. It's about what you believe and what's in your heart. And this church has helped me to understand this a lot. Thank you, Pastor David. You think that encourages me, encourages you? Yes. Yes. And then of course the ones that mean the world to us. I walked in one day and I had some stationery strategically placed on my desk from the children's ministry. And I know the writing well. All it said was this, I love you, David Youth. Believe me, when I saw it, I didn't have to go, who is that? I knew exactly who it was. This is my wife. Now, we, I just want, I want to make sure you know something. We, we live together. I mean, we, She tells me she loves me all the time. I'm not saying this was new information. Okay? It doesn't have to be new information. It just has to be sweet. Words sweeter than honey to encourage you. And then I came in one day and I have two boys and a girl. Now, the boys have ways of communicating. They jump on me, hit me, wrestle with me. (laughs) That's guys' way of communicating, right? right, right. But my baby girl, she's got another way. I walked in and there was a note at my desk. I love you so much. You're my hero. I pray you have an amazing day and week, your baby girl. And it was on church letterhead. Now, why am I telling you these things? Because you'd be surprised how one word change your day. How one word can bless. So why don't we do something? Let's share that word. Let's just make a choice today. You know what? I'm going to get this right. And, and I'm, going to, I'm going to lead us in just a moment and, and then we're going, to do, we're going to do homework in class. Okay? But first I want to pray for you. Is your heart right today? Because I'm about to ask you to send somebody a message. You can text them. Do whatever you want to do. I want you to send them a message and I want you to encourage him. But I want us to pray, God, give them a heart. Give them a heart, grace. And help me to be in the right place. So let me just pray. Father, I know it all starts with our heart. It's out of the abundance of the heart that our mouth speaks. So God, right now, put somebody on our heart, just a name, a person. And then, Lord, help us to send words of grace, words of life, words of blessing. In Jesus' name. Now, take your phone out. Everybody get your phone. I want you who are streaming, uh, I want you to do this as well. You can take your, your phone if you'd like or another device, whatever you'd like to do. And I think you can even post it. You can chat in the chat. Just go ahead and give a shout out. Send an encouraging word to somebody, okay? Get your phone out. Everybody get your phone. Somebody, somebody needs that encouraging word. And it's going to shock them that it comes at this time because they know you're in church. (laughs) Or maybe they don't. And it's a good witness. Or maybe you just make yourself a note later. I need to call them and have a personal conversation. Sometimes it does need to be face-to-face. Sometimes it does need to be personal, on the phone or somehow. Sometimes a text is just right. So go ahead and send it. And I've actually asked the Lord many times, Lord, bless every text that goes out of this room. Anything that goes out of here, God, just bless it. And make it honor you and glorify you. doesn't have to be many words can just be one or two or three have you ever wondered I mean how cool would it be if we could text God I mean if we could send a text to Jesus what would you say because I listen to this, and I read these scriptures, and I think about this is all intended for one another. But what, what can I do to say to Jesus, man, <laughs> I love you, I, and I don't know, I don't have words. I'll give you some. We're going to do it today. It's called baptism. Did you know that baptism is the only time the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were all evident to man on this earth? Baptism is a way of saying, I'm not ashamed of you, Jesus. Thank you for what you did for me. And I want to encourage you after this service, see the rain has ended. If it had still been going on, we'd have just run you out in the rain, that'd been good enough, right? (laughs) You'd be wet. Seriously, it's ended. We're going to find a way. Oh, we're going to do it in here? So evidently, inclement weather has prevented us from going to the outdoor baptistry. Okay? We're going to use this one. Here's what I want you to do. If you're here today and you need to be baptized, you, you believe in the Lord Jesus, you've just never taken a public stand for him. Listen, that's like saying you love somebody and you never tell them. The best way you can say, Jesus, I'm not ashamed of you and I love you, is when you're baptized because you're identifying with him. You say, but I didn't come prepared. I don't have the right clothing or whatever. We got everything. I mean, we seriously, we have everything. We'll send you home in a suit if you'd like one. I mean, we got everything that you could possibly need. We don't want anything to keep you from sending a blessing of the one who is the blesser of all and so when we close in just a second I'm going to ask you to come over here Danny will be hanging out over here just come and say hey uh, Danny I really think I need to take that step and we're going to baptize between services this one and the next one so we'll get you in there as soon as we can the narrative is changing as I speak in fact if you just want to run and jump maybe you can, you can get there I want you to do it. I want you to do it for him. And I want you to do it to say, I want my words and my actions to say, Jesus, I love you. Well, as we leave today, the 429, I want you every day this week, read Ephesians 429, especially if you're sitting in a traffic jam on the 429, for goodness sake, read it. And say, Lord, help me, help me to have words that are like honey, not like rotten fruit. And may the Lord bless you as you do. Have a great day. Enjoy the Lord's day. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.